When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And welcome into Purple Access. It is Thursday, so it is Judd Zolgad, Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune sports columnist, and Declan Goff, executive producing, as he always does. Purple Access brought to you by, sponsored by our friends at Surly Brewing, the beer of Judd and Chip, without question, Surly Furious. And also by our friends at TCL TV. Enjoy uh, more with TCL TV. If you're going to watch sports, and it's a big sports weekend, watch it on a TCL TV. All right, Chipper, let's talk about the Vikings draft. Uh, I, I think we we got together last week on Friday to talk about the first round, but now we've got the entire seven-round draft. It is 10 picks. Do you feel any differently now that the roster is basically, for the most part, set for 2022 uh, than you did before the draft? Um, I, it's funny. Uh, a lot of the, what do you call them, draft experts or draft ballers, gave them high marks. I think I saw A, A minus. Um, yeah, did well. I like where they landed, I wasn't crazy about the process, if that makes sense. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, I liked the fact that they addressed their secondary in a big way. I mean, to me, that was the number one mission going into that draft above everything else. You had to get cornerback help. You had to uh, replenish um, or start filling in the defensive side of the ball with some younger talent. They did that. They clearly made – the secondary and defense, the focus of the the draft. I don't. I, I, I'll never understand or don't like trading back twenty spots in the first round and not getting more for it. Um, the second, you know, with the Packers draft, I like the two for one, <laughs> but you don't want to ever help your division rival. <laughs> that's that right. Yeah, that, I agree. The kind of the king of the hill that you're chasing. So it's it's weird. I mean. I guess as we sit here today, I feel like they improved their team because they – now we have to see what, if these guys can play and how much they're going to – you know, all that. But on paper, they did what they needed to do in the draft, I felt like. What's your best guess about what the offensive line is going to look like now, Chip? Because I think Ingram's going to get a chance to win that right guard job. Um, and and what, what Doogie told us on Tuesday on the scoop was what he's heard – is that Chris Reed, who was signed as a free agent from the Colts, yeah, thought the, that he was going to be the, the right guard. He's got some center experience. And that that's what I was, yeah. Yeah, and, and so 
So how comfortable? So if the line goes, what? Derisaw, Cleveland. Cleveland. Let's say it's Reed. Okay. Um, and then Ingram, O'Neal. What's yeah. your comfort there compared to where things ended? Um, I think it, I, I do think it'll be better because I I think a year of Derisaw, um, his experience and having him for the full year will be better. I, Judd, I, was, I don't know anything about Reed. <laughs> I don't know if he if he's a is he a legitimate uh, starter in the NFL. I mean, I'm. I think I he's know. a nice. I think he's a nice backup. I don't know. And, That's right. Center. I really don't know. Yeah, on a good line, is he starting? Probably not. But I, I can't sit here and say that either. I, I I would be lying if I said I know anything about the guy. Um, I still, I still wonder is, is there a move to be made at center with, you know, training camp cuts. You know, um, yeah, but again, you know, maybe there is a cap casualty somewhere that, that you can uh, upgrade from Bradbury there. But if it's just another veteran who's a fringe guy that you don't know if he's a starter, backup, swing guy, then it's okay. Are you really improving your line? Um, but, I, you know, O'Neill's good. Um, I think Cleveland's going to be okay, right? I, I mean, yeah, yes. yeah, I think he's fine. I, I do like what we saw from Derisaw. Um, I do think he'll be. You would think that he's going to be better in year two, having that experience and so. But again, center right guard, man. I mean, what what's your comfort level there? If Ingram can play, which which of course at this time last year I thought well, why Davis could play. Well, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, you know so. That that changes things. I, I think the Bradbury thing to me is in, it remains incredibly intriguing because they didn't pick up the fifth year option, which clearly means that they don't really trust him. But Correct. right now it looks like he's the starter. And so if you don't really trust him, but you're going to start him, and it's not just a, oh man, this position we can you know we we can get by. Um, and you are you know there's no question, Chip, or uh, devoted dedicated to making cousins as successful as possible, yeah. but his center might just be a guy that you don't trust completely. I think that remains to me the most, like something's going on there. I just don't know if they know exactly what yet. Well, and you don't want a guy to win a job by default, right? Because you didn't have money to upgrade it or, no, yeah, or, you know, there's a rookie that, you know, you don't trust or whatever. I mean, are we done with Wyatt Davis or what? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? What? That one is a a mystery to me, a head scratcher. I mean, we all just assume pencil him in. He's going to be the starter after he played Ohio State. And the, Correct. I, I don't know. I mean, have they evaluated him on film? I mean, I, I think that they want to get a look at him in practice to see if he can play or not. But that one, that that will be a swing and miss if if you decide after one year that he hasn't played that you're moving on. Um, it's a third round pick. Yeah, third round pick. This is not like a seventh round flyer. Right. So, um, yeah, but it, I, I still think, and I would even call Bradbury a question mark because we know what the heck he is. It's just, you know, I mean, your right guard's kind of a question mark, but um, there's not a question at center. You know what you got. It's just, are you comfortable with it after what we know? Know what we know about Bradbury? There has to be another move, right? I mean, whether it's this uh, Reed or, or you know, or somebody that they're going to try to get uh that gets cut from a you know a camp somewhere i don't know but there has to be if you don't feel comfortable giving a guy a fifth year option that you know 
I think you have your answer, don't you? A hundred percent. And that's why I think when they start um, on field work for OTAs here, I think what we're going to see is just total guess on my part, but I think Reed is going to compete with Bradbury at center and they're going to try and get a feeling on if Reed can actually play there. And my guess is the right guard's going to be Ingram, Wyatt Davis, and then they signed uh, Schlotman. Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah. But those guys are bad. I, the, that's it's, a backup that's swing depth. guy. That's, that's a depth thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so, but I'm not completely uh, comfortable by any means. No. No, no, no. No, interior, I mean, I think it's still a question mark. I mean, I think you're, you know, the other areas you you feel decent about to good. Um, but uh, I do feel uh, like they made strides on defense. Yes. On paper. You know, on paper, if these, you know, I, I do like, I mean, to me, we can, we can debate whether, you know, the, the value pick of a safety. Um, but I like the fact that Seen was one of the best players on a historically great defense in college football. I mean, you look at his tape and I mean, he runs and hits and all that. And I mean, he's an explosive player. And so, um, now it's up to Donatel um, and that staff to be creative. Right. And Cena has to also make sure he's disciplined because he loves to hit. Yeah. And, and like, we're now in a league where it's good to hit, but you got to be careful how you hit. So that's where you're going to have to like, not coach the aggressiveness out, but coach the smartness in of how to hit. Well, and I, I think there's probably a little bit of trial and error going on. Um, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I mean, remember Harrison, his rookie year, how many fines did he get? I mean, yeah. well, he still gets fines. Yeah. yeah but he, I mean, his rookie year, I think, I think he got several, he never got suspended. Right. It just, I mean, it was just, uh, he never got thrown out. I mean, not suspended. Did he get ejected from any games? He got, ejected from, for, uh, no, I, he got ejected from the game a couple of years ago in Houston, but I don't yeah. think early in his career, but I mean, he definitely he, I know he got fines. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely, definitely got, got fines. Yep. He definitely got, you know, two or three fines on hits. And, and I think he learned, you know, learned the game. He's still, I mean, there's still ones that, you know, he gets it. I think he scratches his head over. Um, but it, that, so I think there'll probably be a little bit of that with, with seeing just um, learning kind of where that line is. I think it's also, if you look at how they're doing things and where, where this is going to chip defensively, um, I think not only are we going to see a seismic shift in like how they deploy personnel going to a three, four, but the other thing is I think we're going to see a lot of, of uh, dime packages, which this team in basically the time I I've been around covering them has never played. Now, yeah. when I covered the Packers and down until with the DC in 2003, they, they played a ton of dime, but of course at that time it was two safeties and four corners I think we're going to see dime, but I think it's going to be three safeties. Um, yeah. and, and I also think that they are going to use safeties and linebackers almost interchangeably uh, because the linebacker position has changed so much. It's smaller. It's faster. It's So I think, in short, what we are going to see from them is a lot more o- almost hybrid players mm-hmm. as opposed to that's a linebacker. I think we're going to see guys, and I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Harrison Smith, plays a role that is ba- that could basically be described as a tweener, somewhere yeah. between a safety and a linebacker. Well, and go back to Kevin O'Connell's 
was at his introductory press conference where he talked up Harrison Smith saying he's the perfect fit for their defense. Uh-huh. And so we know how much Zimmer loved moving him around. So I have to think that that hybrid role, if you, if you indeed want to have three safeties on the field a lot with uh, seeing and can't bind them, which, you know what, I'm all for getting your best players on the field. I mean, if, if you have three good safeties and you're a little bit weaker at cornerback or you don't have enough linebackers or whatever, I mean, get your best guys on the field. So I think they'll, they'll do that. But yeah, it's, I think this whole defense is going to be fascinating because like, What's the Neil Hunter going to look like in this thing? You know? Nightmare. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean could, but he could be a nightmare. Yeah, but I, I, I you know, hopefully we get to, um, he has a, some press stuff at media availability at, at OTAs because I would love to hear his thoughts on how they're employing him in this new defense and how he fits and kind of just what he thinks about it because to me, that's the biggest, um, He's undergoing the biggest change of anyone, right? I mean, I just think it's 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 fascinating to see how they're going to. Oh, my phone's ringing. Sorry. Um, Thanks, Royce. <laughs> that's Royce. Yeah. Um, just turn this thing off. I'm going to turn it down. Um, <laughs> Butch Davis. Yeah. Who's this Butch, Butch, Butch Davis? Davis. <laughs> uh, who, this blues guy. But I was wondering why they were saying his first name so much. Butch Davis. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I think you know, uh, Daniil. Harrison, well, you know, I think Daniel and Harrison are the two that stand to really see their roles change in a significant way. And, it, and I'm sure for them, it's probably a little bit exciting, too, because, you know, they're veterans or try something different, you know, new in their career. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I like what they did in the draft, Judd, um, when they came out with a safety two corners in the first four rounds. Well, when was what? safety for Missouri? Five of their first six picks, I think, were on defense. Yeah. Which, which speaks uh, volumes. I mean, it, this is an offensive coach. Yeah. Well, it speaks volumes to what they think of the defense. It is an offensive honest. coach, but, it, but I mean, anybody with any sense that watched the Vikings last year knew that they had a load up on defense. Right. The thing that um, intrigues me, too, is, is on Hunter. Until he proves he can't do something well, I'm yeah. pretty much convinced – as long as he, of course, for a third consecutive year, does not get hurt, that yeah. he's going to be successful. Like, there's never been one thing where I'm like, oh, he, oh, that didn't look so right. So yeah. I, no. I do, I do think until he proves me, me wrong, I think anything that they assign him, he's probably, you know, just has the God-given athletic talent to thrive. So mm-hmm. I would expect that if he can stay on the field, and unfortunately that's now an if, but if he can, yeah. that his impact. Um, in more ways than one, too, is going to be huge because he can present some looks that are going to be really confusing to quarterbacks. And I don't know if by the end, because Mike did a great job of that for a while, but I don't know if by the end they were doing that enough. I think now they're going to cause far more confusion. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, just his freakish athleticism and, and you know, his God-given ability. I think you could put him in a lot of different places. He's going to be a wrecker, right? He's, uh-huh. going, to, he's going to ruin your plan. Um, yeah, I don't know how much uh, – I think by the end, I think the injuries and just kind of patchwork things that Zimmer is doing, I don't know how much creativity you could have with his personnel. Um, it's just defense is healthy. I mean, you have some veterans that you trust. Your linebackers, you know, certainly, um, even though it's going to be new for Eric Kendricks, uh, he's he's a smart player and, and he fits that. I mean, you talk about the the new kind of 
linebacker, smallish can cover. I mean, he's terrific in cover. So, um, yeah, right. Yeah, to me, that's. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm really uh, intrigued when they actually get on the field for OTAs and and uh, that we're open and and look and, at that. We're talking. We're excited about OTAs. I know. And I, see what this, I know. I want to see what this offense looks like. I do. And I want to see what this defense looks like. Um, just, I mean, just kind of fundamental changes that we're going to see. So I think an intriguing thing too, but in the difference between O'Connell and Z- Zimmer is this. You know, Mike spent a lot of his life trying to get inside the head of quarterbacks to confuse mm-hmm. them. And yeah. again, I'll give him full credit. There, there was a time he did a masterful job there. O'Connell, I think, can be very helpful as far as the defensive schematics go because, really, he's inside the quarterback's mind already. Like, yeah. he knows what he doesn't like from a defense. He knows He knows what a quarterback can pick apart. And so I think that there is going to be a real potential advantage here because defensively, O'Connell can consult and basically provide guidance to, this is what I hate. Yeah. So this is what we should probably do. Well, that's, yeah, and that's where you you would like to think that his experience and going to his defensive staff and say, you know what, this kind of pressure or these kind of looks make quarterbacks, drive quarterbacks crazy. Right. You know, and so – Let's you're a defense that way, you know. I mean, you would hope that there's that kind of, and I, that's where I, I think it is smart when he when he started picking his staff that he got veteran defensive coordinators and coaches over there who have, you know, seen a lot, done a lot, and have a good handle on, um, you know, just kind of the evolution of offenses in this league. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's. I, I mean, I, I like his staff. I think he's. Um, it seems it sounds like they work well together. And so, um, but it, it comes down to Judd, him and Cousins. Can you, can he get more out of cut? I mean, we've heard Quasi say it a number of times, like, how are you going to make this offense from, you know, fringe top 10 to, you know, up into that potentially top five. And he's like, work the margins, you know, improve on the margins. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but. Uh, it means but, don't add real help. Yeah, exactly. personnel wise, <laughs> but but it but it does. I mean, uh, to me, that's the key because I think the defense is I mean, can't be much worse. It's going to right. Like to think that's going to be better, right? But for this team to be what they think they are going to be, the offense needs to jump up and be a, be a top five offense. And that to me comes back to Cousins' ability and and play calling coaching to philosophy and and how they call games, which, you know, we all pulled our hair out under Zimmer, but also getting more out of Cousins than what we've seen. And I think that's possible. I guess my I guess my question is this, how much more? So yeah. That, that becomes my question. But, I mean, there's definitely ways with with a far more competent offensive staff. And, look, at least in 2021, there's no debating that the Vikings' offensive staff was not good. I mean, Stefanski mm-hmm. before him, Gary Kubiak, Shermer was marvelous. So so it wasn't a run of, of incompetence. But last year was. They're overmatched. They're yeah, overmatched. And, and, and the, the indictment was the scripted plays, which looked mm-hmm. fantastic. And then the script ran out, and everyone, and including Kirk, was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um I think this is going to start with making Kirk's life as easy as possible by giving him the answers to the test 
And also what's going to be important too is, and we talked about this uh, with Phil today as well. The other thing is you're down in distance, right? Like the pro you can't, you've got to be more competent on second down. You can't end up in third and long. You're going, Kirk's not going to thrive there. And in defense of most quarterbacks, most quarterbacks are going to thrive if it's third and 11. Did I, did I read this right? Or I just dream it. Uh, Did they lead the league in three and outs? Or, or had I? They did, did not dream it. Well, it was so, a nightmare, but uh, you didn't dream that part. <laughs> that's so. I mean, that was real life. So I mean, that is the thing. It's like there's your margins, right? I mean, if you yes. and and you have to go back and pick apart those and like were they predictable? Was it run, run, pass? Was it you know? And that's where this whole philosophy. And I think we talked about it last week. Or Dalvin. I mean, how do you? How does this become a JJ? offense first and 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 not a run run pass i mean you have a terrific running back but um i do wonder if if the predictability because as Zim said we got to run a ball we got to run a ball we got to run a ball created situations where the defense knew what they were going to do and and they were easier to defend and put them in those third you know second long third longs well and look if if they failed on first down and now it's like second and 10 or you know second 12 what what do they do? They tried to run. Well, now it's third and nine, and now you're in yeah. trouble. And the thing, too, with Dalvin is what I am interested to see, because I still think he's a very good player when he can play, is how they deploy him. Mm-hmm. Because, like, to me, I always thought this. All the passes that seem to go to C.J. Ham, right? Oh, man, C.J., <laughs> check down to say, should have gone to Dalvin. Because mm-hmm. he can probably make something from that. God bless him. CJ Ham's going to try real hard, but he's not going to make much from it. So, so in going to more, and I do, do think that they'll take a page from what the Rams do, more 11 personnel and yeah. using three receivers consistently. I think you, I think what you want to do in some ways, Chipper, is strip Kirk of his safety blankets. Yeah. And say, you've got to make decisions. We're going to help you. We're not going to abandon you. And you're going to make some mistakes, and we're not going to dump on you when you do. But we can't have it be second and twelve, and now you just checked it down, and now again it's third and eight. Well, yeah, and and you know, so much of this is going to depend on the receiving core, and how do we feel about the depth there? I mean, obviously you have a superstar. You know, the Eagles been banged up. Yeah, can he um, stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? That that's a question, and and. What's the next level for KJ Osborne? Flat out, the receiving core is not as deep as I would like personally. That's yeah. I mean, you, you added a draft They'll pick. Learn that. It's a lower draft pick, so you don't know. But Smith Marset, I mean, I mean, they have to. They got to find some depth. Yeah, I mean, particularly with you know, the Eagles had some injuries here of late, and so I mean, I'm, I'm curious because Osborne made a big jump last year. Yeah, um, he put in a lot of work, and you know, you, you know, credit to him for really digging into his craft and coming back better. Um, can he do that again this offseason and come back and be, you know, even more of a factor in this offense? Because, I mean, O'Connell's going to want to throw the ball more and, and, and have more guys involved. Right. And, Chip, so when, when you are thinking about all of these things, when you're thinking about minicamp and OTAs <laughs> and permeations of the Vikings offense and defense, what do you like to be sipping on? As you as you ponder the life of the Vikings going forward, well, if it's not a fur- furious, it's not anything. That's I right. Agree with you there. <laughs> it's a surly furious, right? 
It's got to be from the Surly family. There's one beer, and then there's a long gap after that. Well, and look, our friends at Surly Brewing have have a lineup of heavy hitters, home runs constantly. Furious just happens to be the favorite of both Chip and Judd. Um, last thing for you here. Offensively, Irv Smith, okay? Yeah, yeah. Number one, we don't know. Like, he's been hurt. Uh, and, and I mean, I love his talent, and in training camp, before he got hurt last year, I was enamored with what he, he did. But mm-hmm. for those who tweet me and are like, well, we really haven't seen him. You're not wrong. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot but, about mentioning him in all these. <laughs> all I know, but, but here's the, so here's the one thing I want to run past you and see what you think. If Irv Smith is healthy and playing well, I think he's a hybrid receiver tight end. Yeah. So I actually, so like when you ask me, yeah. And wide receiver depth chart wise, I have concerns depth. Yeah. But when you ask me that question, my mind goes to well, if Irv Smith can play, I don't see him as a conventional Tyler Conklin no, tight no. end. Don't you think he can sort of fit into that receiving core, yeah. despite the fact his position is designated differently? If he's as good as we think he is and he can stay healthy, isn't he your third receiving option? That's what, right. But as almost a receiver. Well, yeah. It, like number- as a. Yes. 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 As I'd say, as a primary target, because you're going to like the matchups you get and downfield potentially too. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, I. It's funny when the guy misses the whole year. He's got out of your mind a little bit. Um, but I no, I absolutely think because we liked what we saw when he was healthy, and so it just you know it's it's just um, you know getting on the field and staying on the field, and absolutely. I mean, he is a guy that I have to imagine O'Connell looks at and says, you know, we can get some mismatches there. We like, you know, his yeah. size and ability to run. And um, so, no, I, I think he uh, ideally would be a big part of that offense. Agreed. All right, sir. Thanks much. I'll talk to you on Purple Access next week. All right, brother. We'll see you See you, Trevor.